Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode five of the Blue Devil Banter podcast. I'm your host, Josh Schmidt, along with me as always, Jerry Riley. On uh, the episode today with us, we have coach of the men's soccer team, PJ Gondek. Coach, thanks for coming on with me. Or, thanks for coming on with us. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, did you forget I was here already, Josh? I misspoke. I know. I know. <laughs> no one forgets that Jerry Riley is here. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to be on. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. So how's stuff been? I mean, you know, with this whole quarantine stuff and everything going on this year, what's uh, what's been practicing with the team been like and how have you guys been keeping busy? Well, I mean, to, to be totally honest, I, I think it's been tough. Uh, you know, I said to a couple people, um, uh, this fall was the uh, first time in 20 years that I was not uh, coaching our men's soccer team. It's probably more like 25 that I, that I wasn't, uh, involved in college soccer in some way. So, so it made it interesting. Um, um, I would say that one of the things that helped a lot was when we finally took the field, uh, we, we had, uh, some small groups that we were training in, uh, we called them pods and I was running a couple practices a day on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then as the season went on, we got through the NCAA's re-socialization process we were able to get into bigger groups and allow the players to to play some seven v seven which i think was was beneficial to them so i think when once that took place and we actually took the field although we weren't playing games it felt somewhat normal um certainly the competitive aspect was not there uh, but, but to be on the field with the guys uh i think was was really important and it, and it, it certainly certainly felt a little bit more like fall, especially with some of the great weather we had uh, uh, right into the um, right into the end of October. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I, I bet sitting in your office looking out at that, that sunny skies and stuff like that, it kind of kind of sucked to look at stuff like that. But um, yeah, between that and the uh, and the, the, the field, I mean, which was immaculate this fall, and, uh, partly because of the, such a great job that our our grounds person, John Cole, does and also because of the fact that we had such great weather and we weren't really using the field nearly as much as we used it. I mean, it was, it was about as green as and plush as it could be. So that, um, that, that made it equally challenging to be out there every day. Uh, but, but hopefully we'll, we'll be out there again. PJ, talk a little bit about the uh, uh, setting up a practice for the pods. I, I know when you, I mean, normally during a regular season, you would be thinking about larger groups. Uh, I mean, obviously at times you're going to, break them down into smaller groups, but this was a, this was a couple of weeks at least of the smaller side practices. Uh, has that changed your focus and how you did those things? I, it was really quite interesting and I've, I've given it a lot of thought. Um, um, the first, the first uh, factor for me was I, uh, I couldn't remember the last time I, I, I had to set up my own field. I always had uh, an assistant coach, uh, my former assistant, I guess you'd call him Ryan Ross, uh, would set up a lot of the field for me and allow me to just to kind of, uh, you know, ease into it without having to worry about the setup aspect. So, so I was really, I was getting out to the field an hour early. I was getting the equipment out of the locker room and, and, uh, getting it all set up. Uh, and then I had to run two different, essentially two different practices for two different size groups. Uh, one pod we were using, I think at one point was like nine and the other pod was 12. So essentially the, the, the training session had to be different because just because of the numbers, it's, it certainly was a lot of individualized training, a lot of repetition, a lot of um, uh, 
um, what we call in soccer technical exercises, uh, skill work, if you will, that um, that we would focus on, and then we we make try to make it into something a little bit more game like. Um, but it it forced me really to think very specifically about my training because a lot of what we do, uh, especially when we get to middle to the end of the season, is is you know it's a lot of what we call coaching in the game, like, you know, 11 aside scrimmaging and talking about situational free kicks and restarts and things of that nature. And, and that really just was out the window during this fall. So, so very, very different. And uh, it challenged me a little bit and got me to think about some of my training. And I think, I think that probably will help me going forward. So did you, did you start to do more, um, you know, team bonding stuff since the guys have been apart for so long and, with everything that happened last spring and even into this fall, like, did you see yourself doing more team bonding stuff at practices or outside of practice or what'd you do for that? Uh, that's a great question, Josh. And I would say, I would say no to the part uh, where you asked me if we did a lot during the practices, because we only Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 75 minute sessions. We were, we would just try to maximize that time on the field. When we did a lot of our team building really was, was when we we had to break away in the spring into the summer we were doing a lot of zooms we were asking guys to uh you know kind of produce these interesting videos about themselves and and putting music to it with skill work and and uh we had this exercise where we asked uh athletes to to put up a baby picture and, and they had to kind of guess what what player it was so we were we were just doing anything anything and everything to keep our team engaged while uh, while we were uh, kind of uh, you know shut in, if you will, in, in in March, April, and May, I think I think once once the school year ended, that it was a little more typical. We kind of went our separate ways a little bit for the summer, but um, that's that's a lot of the uh, the, the team building occurred during that time. Uh, PJ, having, I mean, having been a, around in this conference as long as you have, and involved in college uh, coaching as long as you have, I'm I'm sure that you probably. Have had conversations with people that are close to you in, in the in the same field. Is a lot of what you were doing with your team similar to what other schools were doing? And if so, uh, uh, what were some of the things that you might have been doing differently? Um, I, I I would say yes. I am I'm in pretty close contact with a, a, a few different coaches in the Sunyak. Really in touch with all of them, but um, having we've been in the conference for 20 years now. Um, uh, a lot of the coaches that are that are in our conference were were former players in in the conference, so so I know them quite well, and and we spent uh, a lot of the month of March into early April with a a weekly Sunyak coaches conference call, and that's all we did is just exchange ideas about about what was everybody doing and and what were you doing to engage your your student athletes. Quite frankly, I think a lot of us were worried that that we might lose some student athletes uh, just because they, they would feel disconnected to the, to the team and to the school. So I, I don't know that that necessarily happened across the board. Um, one of the things I, I joke with them about is I, I think where we, uh, what we gained from the situation was they spent so much time at home that they realized they didn't want to be at home anymore. They want to be back <laughs> at school. So, so uh, we didn't have any worries there. They came back, uh, uh, with enthusiasm. So right. I you know I don't think we were doing too much. I, I think we were we were probably borrowing uh as, as I as I say to my coaching class, uh 
coaches are thieves and and they steal from each other and we were borrowing each other's ideas and kind of crafting them as our own uh but you saw a lot of the similar similar activities uh, uh across the board in, the, in our conference I know I can definitely attest to the fact of uh, getting back to college after that really long extended oh, yeah. summer. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So um, what are your thoughts on where the team's at? Like, you know, like strengths and weaknesses. I know, like you said, it's been kind of tough to gauge that sort of thing with the practices you guys have been doing. But moving into what's hopefully going to be your guys' spring season, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the team? Sure. So, so here's the thing. Jerry probably knows this from our, from the, uh, the, how the breakdown of the, of the different classes would be in, in our roster. We were coming into this season with one of our largest senior classes ever, which was, we had 10 seniors, um, which, which um, we were extremely excited about. Uh, in fact, we had been kind of building over the last two, three years. We had a really incredible year in 2016 but then we kind of you know took a little bit of a downturn and we worked our way back up and you know we we, we finished off 500 last year and, and had played some of our best soccer right at the end of um right at the end of 2019 and, and everything was in place as far as we were concerned and and um of course you know not that we could have done anything about it but it was kind of um the rug was pulled out from under us and and uh and so now we've had to kind of pick up the pieces. I've actually just just had a couple of Zooms today with um, some players, uh, and, and I think at least half of our senior class will actually return uh, uh, next fall with with uh, classes they have to finish up. Some of them are talking about getting a minor, um, um, but I think it's you know pretty important to them to to have an actual senior year i know that every player will not be able to do that sometimes for some players it just doesn't make sense financially um for them to you know for them to stay an extra semester but so i think we're set up really well and, and uh it's not just to say that we have a, we have um you know just seniors i mean we've got some really good juniors uh um and we had uh, a really big freshman class in 2019 that obviously became sophomores so um and and some freshmen that came in this year so things set up really well for us this this spring and i'm just hopeful that we can get out in that field and instead of these these small uh smaller pods i certainly like to see us we've got 30 30 guys coming back in the spring so I'd, I'd like to see uh, us be able to play 11 aside, and, and I, I think our, our department's really working on that with, with increased testing, and, and, and we, we hope that we can, we can uh, be playing something that looks like an actual soccer game on the field uh, uh, this spring. The, the way the season ended last year, though, you won the last two games with golden goals. That must have made it especially hard for, your, for you and for the kids that were coming back. I mean, they, they it ended on such a high, and then to have this happen and not have a season. I mean, how 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 hard was that for everyone? Uh, I think they were pretty devastated this summer when we finally got the word that we were not playing. Um, um, I, I think there was some, like like I was saying earlier, there was there was uh, we, we were anticipating something special this year for sure uh, uh, with our team. So I, I think it was tough. Um, they 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 seem um, they seem somewhat grounded with the situation, you know. It, it's not like anybody else is playing, so so you know we're not envious of anybody else because because no one else is out there either, and I and I, I think they believe this this you know this will pass. I mean we're you know we're 
we're pretty far away from the fall season. So um, let's 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 pray that um, you know nine months from now that we're we're certainly not in the same boat we are that that college sports um, would not be able to take place. So um, they seem okay because I think I think they think that for for 90% of our team they feel like they're going to get another chance. So what are you what are you looking forward to in the upcoming months? I mean, obviously we're about to go on break here, but going into break and then coming back out of it in the spring semester, what are you looking forward to most with your team and with the plans moving forward? I would say I'm looking forward to the vision of really what is going to be the next competitive opportunity for us. I, I, I've said all along throughout this whole situation, I think, I think um, athletes, they want to compete. You know, they, they, they're here to play games. They, they, um, they, they like to train, they like to work out and, you know, we'll certainly start that. We'll, we'll take that at the start. You know, when we come back in February, if we can get into our performance center a couple days a week and get with our strength coach, I think that will set us up um, to get ready for the spring. And, and as I was saying, get out, get out in the field. And if it's not on the grass, then maybe it's the turf with, since uh, we don't know what the weather will be like in March, but if we can get some meaningful full team practices in the spring and, and, and start to see things like a, you know, a Sunyak conference schedule that, that we can, we can look forward to. I, I you know, I, I think we'll kind of fall into the same cycle that we've always fallen into. I know, I know we didn't play in the, in the uh in the fall but we, we did get some practices in and um you know just like we always do we'll go in for the holidays and celebrate responsibly with our families and uh and then hopefully we'll return to the normal cycle which is which is uh you know hitting the performance center and then trying to get out in the field for some meaningful practices uh headed into um uh, the end of the, of the spring semester well that's kind of it has to be kind of the tough part, though, because you really don't know what what's going to happen in the spring. And I mean, and, and you want to really you really want to be you want to encourage your guys and you want to be positive that something's going to happen. But you really don't know. Uh, how do you how do you convey that message to your team? Jerry, that's probably one of the most challenging things I think I've ever I've ever been tasked with, which is trying to keep a positive outlook on a very um uh, challenging situation. You know, a, a lot of our athletes here came to Fredonia to, to, to play sports. I mean, I mean, and I say that, um, of course, we know they came to get a degree. Um, um, they wouldn't be here without that. But I, I think they, they made the choice because they felt Fredonia was the place for them to thrive academically and athletically. Uh, I think they, they appreciated the, the campus community. They, they, they seemed to take to their coach. And it was a place for them, and 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 that has been tough for them to um, um, to to kind of go without right now. Um, but I also believe that that uh, athletes of this age uh, really want to be part of a group, and they want to be part of something special. And if they think that that something special is still on the horizon, they'll continue to work for it. So, switching up gears a little bit here, um, switching over to like more of the recruiting aspect of things. Uh, what's it been like, you know, these past couple of months trying to recruit freshmen for next year, seeing as some high schools have canceled their, you know, fall season? I mean, I can imagine that's pretty hard to try to judge an athlete's, you know, um, abilities while they're not playing or even during some of these games you see now. I mean, teams might not be playing their hardest. Um, 
what's it been like trying to just recruit these incoming freshmen? Yeah, um, it would be it would be hard for me to say that it's not been really uh, uncharted territory in the recruiting front. Um, I have been able to get to some high school games, uh, uh, somewhat local, some uh, in the Buffalo area, a little bit in the Rochester area. Some of the normal events that I would go to um, uh, showcases for club teams and things are either not in existence or they are um, poorly attended. So it really doesn't make sense to, to attend. Um, um, visits on campus are a little bit um, interesting because we just, we don't have really a lot of foot traffic. So, you know, you're walking around and you're doing your best to sell the campus and there's, there's not many students around. Uh, of course, they're wearing masks. Um, it's not very user friendly. And, and I don't think that's, that's really anybody's fault. I think it's probably pretty similar across the board. You wonder if you should be more patient until next semester and maybe, maybe the environment's a little different um, when you bring them to campus. But it really just depends. You know, we've had some visits. Um, we're, we're still talking to kids. Uh, I, you know, I'm just uh, texting a, a player before I got on with you guys uh, uh, that I had seen play in the Rochester area that seems really interested in Fredonia and had some friends of his had gone there. So, so I think the process is going to be a little different because I think it's going to, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a year long process. So, so if I'm trying to bring in somewhere between five to seven freshmen this year, which is, I think our needs is, is somewhere in there. I think it's might take me up until April to get those five to seven freshmen where I, in previous years, I, I could have been wrapped up by, you know, by January or February. I think it's, it's going to take a bit more time to, to find the players that belong and, and really the, the process is just going to take a little bit more time. How much harder is it to find those kids that belong if you don't really get a really good chance to watch them play? Um, uh, it's, it's harder. Uh, uh, another one of my recruits just sent me a text uh, with the YouTube link to his sectional game tonight. Um, you know, I've seen him play before and I've seen him on the YouTube link and obviously I would not want to do all my recruiting, uh, uh via, uh, you know, video. Um, I, I like to see him in person. I like to see them interact with, uh, coaches and referees and fans and, and see how they perform in person. Um, and that process for some of them, again, might go into the spring and might have to wait till, till school sports are are over and some of their club teams are are in the club teams are maybe a little bit more free to do what they want versus the schools. So, so that might be um, the avenue to, to see them play a little bit more, but it's um it's been, it's been unusual. I mean, uh, in the months of November into December between myself and my assistant coach, I mean, we'd be on the road at least twice a week as the sectionals came about into the, uh, you know, the regionals and, and even in the final four and then on to the, the showcase season, which really takes you through Thanksgiving into um, uh, into early December. And we, last week when we had uh, Coach Cartmel on, we talked about the creativity that goes into this time, well, this the pandemic and college coaching. Could you foresee yourself possibly, say, for instance, a kid who doesn't really get to have a soccer season, maybe he's a member of a track and field team or a baseball team, would you envision yourself maybe going to see them compete in another sport? If that's somebody that you were really looking at? 
I, I yes, and I've done that before. We're we're um we're a little different than maybe some of your um, SUNYAC schools. We've got a we've got a number of guys who um, play multi played multiple sports coming into school. And certainly, one of our top players, Dom Monte, you know, is a is a baseball player here at Fredonia, and um, um, we have several players on our team that were high school hockey players. Um, so we do that actually regularly. Um, and I think the recruits kind of rather enjoy it, um, because the coaches basically they're saying, Hey, he's willing to come watch you in a different sport. And I think it says a lot to about how, you know, you feel about that player. And I think it means a lot to the parents. So, so absolutely, uh, we would do that. And, and it's something we've done in the past. So, so, so we'll, we'll continue with that. So playing off that, uh, mindset a little bit to just dive into your your coaching philosophy like when you look at a soccer field like what do you see how do you how do you look at the players you have in front of you and you mesh that into a team that scores goals and wins games like what's your whole ideal with all that well i would say a couple of things about my coaching philosophy um i think it's changed a lot uh it's changed a lot over the years i, th I think i spent a lot of time early in my career uh, trying to improve the the, the, the technical uh, skills of the players. I think I think certainly we, we, we talked a lot of tactics. Um, we were a physically fit team. We were a team with confidence, and I spent a lot of time on those things. Uh, I, to be honest, uh, in the more recent times, uh, I think we've tried to build a little bit more of a culture of of positivity where where players. Uh, 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 treat each other appropriately. Uh, they have similar, you know, values and, and beliefs, and that that translates to similar attitudes and behaviors. Um, I think we've tried to focus uh, the, uh, that student athlete is really a student first. Um, I, I've tried to get them to 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 appreciate the fact that they're part of a of the campus and they're part of the the, the local community. Um, and and really, one of the ways that we've 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 been able to measure the success of that are, are some of our yearly events, you know, um, how many players from start to finish make it to senior day? How many players walk across at the student athlete gala? How many players, you know, make it to graduation? So while, um, you know, my coaching philosophy might have, have, have encompassed more things that go on on the field. Um, I think we've focused on some of these kind of off the field, attributes that have made us closer as a team and really had better overall culture. And like I said, I, I think headed into this particular season, I think we were set up for a, for a, um, a, a team that was going to be very competitive with a great culture, but I don't, I, I, I wouldn't say that um, we're not set up for that in 2021 um, I, because we have a lot of those same players coming back. And I know you, I know you take pride in having those kids go through your program for four years. I know I, I always appreciate the fact that on senior day, you're the guy that grabs the mic. You're the guy that talks about those kids that are that have played for you for four years. Let's kind of extrapolate that out even farther. Uh, having been involved in this program for as long as you have, you probably developed a pretty good alumni base. Uh, and so talk a little bit about what the alumni have meant to you and how they can help. Well, um, it, it's it's kind of interesting um you know i i i appreciate that you said that about the senior day you know the more i do the senior days the more i have trouble finishing off the uh 
the end of um, the speeches and talking about some of these guys because uh, they've really, you know, they mean so much. And um, it's funny that you mentioned the alumni. It just got a group text from uh, a group of six seniors that were all part of our 2005 Elite Eight team that um, was talking about there's a there's a U.S. soccer match against uh, Wales today, and they were talking about you know what the lineup was like, and there was younger U.S. national team players and things like that. So, so they mean a lot. I mean, I, I would say early in my earlier in my career, I um, I had to I had to work really hard at connecting with players that didn't play for me. Um, you know, players that had played for. Uh, the previous coach, which was um, uh, Coach Mike Middleton and uh, uh, s- uh, some other of our legendary coaches. There's a lot of them, uh, uh, Nelson Capello and and uh, uh, Dr. Tom Previtt, to name a few. Um, and so I've had to kind of cultivate those relationships. But now I'm getting to a point really that, that you know, I have kind of built up a lot of these um, relationships with alums that, that really helped me in so many different ways. Um, um, to help recruit players and, and, um, and they're very supportive of what we do. Um, um, and I think they understand a little bit better that it's not always about winning. We, we want to win and everybody seems to jump on the bandwagon when you're winning, but you know, it, it doesn't always, you know, work. It doesn't always draw it up. Uh, how you draw it up. It doesn't always work that way. And, and so I think they've been able to see that and, and, but you know, we want to, we want them to kind of feel the pride of, of a, a really competitive team. So we're hopeful that we're going to put that product on the field. Um, and we have, but um, even more competitive than we have. So I'm going to throw one more curveball at you. Who do you got today, USA or Wales? Boy, um, you know, in, in, in thinking about the text that was sent, there's there's almost almost every player on that, uh, that team is a like a U.S. soccer product. They're playing overseas with high-level clubs, um, but they're very, very young. And and I don't know how he can put all pull those guys all together today to be able to beat a team like Wales. Geez, you know, I, I hope someone doesn't hear this podcast and say that I've picked Wales, but it's an <laughs> experienced group, unfortunately. No, well, I, I know. I I'm just teasing you. <laughs> well, hey, by the time the by the time the podcast drops, the game will already already be over and everybody will know who the, who the winner was. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on today, coach. It's been a great interview. Hey, Josh, I appreciate it. Jerry, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, PJ. You've listened to another episode of the Blue Devil Banter podcast. Tune in next week. And until then, have a great week, everybody. Everybody.